I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is How Story Works. talking about conflict for a couple of weeks now and if that brings you back to high school with man versus man man versus society man versus nature man versus himself man versus mcdonald's then well you had a typical high school education but even if our discussions didn't conjure up any bad memories of the classic man versus after talking about protagonists and antagonists last week it seems natural that we should talk about the kinds of conflict that are available to you The good news is, when you boil it down all to the essence, there really are only two types of conflict, external and internal. External conflict is your classic man versus man. What that means is that the source of the conflict is external to your protagonist. There's another person with a mutually exclusive conflict who is pushing back against your main character. In Guardians of the Galaxy, Ronan wants the Infinity Stone, and so does Peter Quill. Only one person can possess it at one time, and as long as Quill has the stone, Ronan is going to be on his tail trying to get it back. If we remove Ronan from the movie, then there is no conflict and hence no story. Internal conflict is your classic man versus himself. This means that the protagonist is causing his own problems. He wants two things that are mutually exclusive, and he wants both things equally. Often, internal conflicts break down to your protagonist's higher self versus his lower self, and the two mutually exclusive desires come from that conflict. In Toy Story, Woody causes his own problems because he both wants to be a good toy to Andy, dedicating his entire existence to Andy's happiness, but he also wants to be Andy's favorite toy. In the beginning, these two desires are not in conflict, but then Buzz Lightyear shows up and Woody's in trouble. If he puts Andy's happiness first, then he needs to not interfere with Andy playing with Buzz. But if he puts his own happiness first, which requires him being Andy's favorite toy, then he needs to get rid of Buzz by pushing him out the window. You may be forgiven for thinking that Buzz is Woody's antagonist, but he's really not. He's not doing anything to block Woody from his goal. Woody is blocking himself and creating all of his own problems. Buzz is completely oblivious to Woody, and that's how you know he's not the antagonist. He's not trying to pull Andy's attention away from Woody. He's trying to fix his spaceship. Now, there are other problems making the rounds in Toy Story, but the main story runs along this internal conflict, which makes it our central narrative conflict. It isn't until Woody finally chooses to sacrifice himself so that Buzz can return to Andy, putting Buzz's life and Andy's happiness first, that the central narrative conflict is resolved. We spend the rest of the episode solving the problems that conflict created. First, being stuck at Sid's house, and second, getting back to Andy and the moving truck. But the central narrative conflict is over at that point. Another great example of an internal conflict is 1987's Roxanne, starring Steve Martin and Daryl Hannah. This movie is a retelling of the classic Cyrano de Bergerac. And while it may seem as though the hot firefighter and the rival for Roxanne's affections is CD's antagonist, it's not true. Hot firefighter guy isn't trying to block CD from getting Roxanne's attention. It's CD's own insecurities about his appearance that keep him hiding in the shadows and unable to express his love to Roxanne. Check it out. It's a fantastic movie and well worth the watching. So what about man versus society, man versus nature, man versus McDonald's? Well, let's take these one at a time. 
There are conflicts in man versus society, but in a good story, there will be an active antagonist representing society. Why? Because society does not care about your protagonist. A clever protagonist can find a way around society through lies and dissembling, and society will just move along and bulldoze someone else's house down. Society essentially comes back to an internal conflict. Man wants something, but he doesn't want to suffer the consequences of going against polite society to do it, so internal conflict. Man versus nature? There actually is an argument for this one, because although nature doesn't care about the man it is presumably going to kill, and that's what nature conflicts are almost always about, survival, nature is inescapable. Your protagonist can't tell a clever lie and hide himself from nature. If this natural force is escapable, then it's not a conflict. There's a way out. If it's not escapable, then man has to find a way to survive. And when he survives, he wins. But man versus nature is always a thin conflict for me simply because nature does not care. Nature isn't trying to kill man, it just doesn't care if man lives or dies, and that's different. While a good man versus nature conflict can work, look at 2015's The Martian, based on the amazing book by Andy Weir, in the end, it's always less interesting than two people who are both fully engaged in a conflict and working actively against each other. With man versus nature, you've got a character on one side and a howling void on the other. The void doesn't learn, doesn't change, doesn't care, doesn't zig when your protagonist zags. So unless you have a truly fascinating protagonist to be interesting enough for both sides, again, see The Martian, then it just ends up feeling a little flat. But it is a legit external conflict, so if you love Man vs. Nature, baby, go ahead and love it. Love what you love. I'm going to continue to be indifferent to what I'm indifferent to, which is Man vs. Nature, Except for The Martian. I like that one. As for Man versus McDonald's, well, that resolves down to an internal conflict as well, because you want McDonald's, but you don't really want McDonald's. And now, while the McDonald's lawyers suit up to come after me for suggesting that their food is really just hot garbage, I'm going to move into this week's question, which comes from Alan, who wanted to know what I mean when I talk about the now of a story. Those of you who listened to me talk about flashbacks last week will remember my warning that skipping into the past can ruin the momentum in the now of the story. And I guess that was a bit confusing, so let me elaborate. The now of the story is about the momentum of a story. When we drop our momentum to skip through time, we sort of reset the story. And if the time we're skipping to doesn't have its own momentum, if we're just going back in time to explain some history, then we're cutting into the now to go to the then, and there's nothing really there in the then. We're left fidgeting in our seats while we watch the heroine's humiliating junior high school experience, which explains why she's nervous around men. We want momentum the narrative force of the story, but what we're getting is explanation and exposition. But, as I said last week, if the time we're skipping to has its own narrative momentum, if we're engaged in a fractured timeline or parallel stories that have their own now going on, you're good. So when I said the now of the story, what I meant was the narrative momentum of the story, and it was unclear because fractured timelines can have multiple narrative momentums. Momenta? I don't know. Anyway, I'll try to clarify my language in the future. Thanks for asking about it, Alan. And that's it for today. If you have questions you'd like me to answer on the show, email me at Lonnie at Chipperish.com or contact me on Twitter at Lonnie Diane Rich or at Chipperish with the hashtag HowStoryWorks. 
If you're looking for feedback on your story, I do offer critiques of novels and screenplays. Visit chipperish.com and click on For Writers for more information. And if you'd like to keep How Story Works in production and gain access to exclusive Chipperish content and a community of amazing smart people, consider supporting Chipperish at patreon.com slash chipperish. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider reviewing it on iTunes and sharing it with your friends on social media. The more the word gets out, the more episodes I'll be able to make. Thanks so much, and I'll see you later.